welcome to Getting to Good Enough, a podcast to help you let go of perfectionism so you can do more of what you love. I'm Shannon Wilkinson, a life coach in Portland, Oregon. I'm a recovering perfectionist who's getting better at good enough. And I'm Janine Adams, a certified professional organizer in St. Louis, Missouri, and I'm lucky enough to be naturally good at good enough. And today we're talking about how to choose between those competing priorities that we talked about last week. I'm doing pretty well, too. Good. I, I have to confess, I have the yawns. Uh-oh. I know, it's weird. Like, the whole time I was doing the intro, I was worried that I was going to yawn in the middle of it. <laughs> that would be it's, bad. Yeah, it's not that I find this boring. I find this very interesting and even exciting to talk about. And now I feel like yawning just because you use the word yawn. No. Well, let's see if we can talk about this, get excited enough about it that we forget about the urge to yawn. Right, exactly. Focus. Yes. Yes. So last week we talked about this idea of competing priorities and you know, how how that comes up and and some of the ways that we have been navigating it. And and this week, we wanted to get more specific about um, how to choose between competing priorities. Yeah, I mean, this could be something that helps everyone. Uh, I'm excited at such a like a hands on potential um, apply a Applicable, applicable, really real life applicable <laughs> advice. Oh my gosh. Oh no. Yes. yes. Well, it'll be fine. Yes. It's all going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, there's a few different things that we, we wanted to talk about. And, and I know we've talked about m- making decisions in the past. And, and I think we'll probably touch on a few of those things too, because that's really what we're doing here is, is making decisions. Um, but I think first you wanted to share one of the things that you do very frequently, um, uh, to help you decide things, to help you choose. Talking about the muscle testing? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, and you taught me this way back in the day when we were infants, like 20 yes. years ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you taught me this, and I use it all the time, muscle testing. And the way I go about doing it is I know in my body, and we can talk, you can talk more about how people can know this, what I feel when the answer to a question is yes, and what I feel when the answer to the question is no. So for me, when it's yes, my I get like an excited feeling in my chest. And if it's no, I get mm-hmm. a, um, a, a icky feeling in my stomach. But um, I will ask myself, I will, I will make a ring with my fingers, one, both hands, I'll have a middle finger and my thumb in, on both hands, and I'll link the two together, and I'll ask myself the question, you know, should I, should I, should I float tomorrow? And because a competing priority might be that I would, um, you know, go through, file paperwork. Should I float tomorrow? And then I try to pull 
my fingers apart, these two rings. And if the answer is yes, I should float, I can't pull apart the rings. Um, <laughs> and doing it as we speak. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so if I say, yeah, should I stay home and weed the garden tomorrow? Boom. <laughs> I pull them right <laughs> They just pull right apart. They pull right apart. Right. So it actually, <laughs> my, my yes or no signal in this case really isn't. I do have those signals, but I don't actually employ them, do I, in my muscle testing. It's really just knowing that for me, not being able to pull apart is yes and being able to pull apart is no. Did right. I do a halfway decent job of explaining that? Because You hard. did. I think you did a great job, but I know what you're talking about. So right. our, our yeah. listeners will have to let us know and, and we'll look for a, a link online to share that it, it maybe give some pictures or something on, on how to do this. But, you know, it's some, I don't even realize I'm doing it a lot of times. Pulling, uh, um, I call I call it pulling my finger, but uh, right. is that what you mean? You, you don't <laughs> yeah. even know you're doing it when you're physically doing it. Well, well, I mean, like I know that I'm doing it, but it's like I don't I don't make a conscious choice to like, oh, I'm going to pull my finger and then I do it. It's just like I come to a point where I need to make a decision. I just do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. and for me, it's it's as much about sort of what that the response is, you know, can I pull apart the ring of my fingers or not? And, but also my reaction to it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know what I mean? Uh huh. And also the little anticipation before you pull to see right. what you're hoping might be the answer. Yes, it's sort of like that, that idea of um, tossing a coin, you know, flipping a coin. And you you don't it doesn't matter so much what the coin lands on but it um it's good to notice what what you might be hoping for it to land on and how you feel when you get the result right. um with muscle testing i think it is uh the idea of it is that you know there's all these little micro signals that are going on for you all the time and that this sort of brings everything together to kind of let you know truly what you think about mm -hmm. something or you know what, what you feel about something because we our unconscious minds know our conscious minds may feel conflicted right but right. there's unconscious our unconscious minds know and there are ways you've taught me including muscle testing um with your nlp uh training to help us identify the truth that our unconscious minds know yes and yes and they can yeah. be really powerful. Right. And that what you talked about, you know, that sort of internal body signal of knowing what a yes feels like and knowing what a no feels like. And, and mine are sort of like the subtler versions of what you said. Like a yes for me is like an inhale that's sort of a rising thing. And a no for me is an exhale that feels like a sinking. Oh, interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but for that, I have to consciously be paying attention to notice what it is. Mm -hmm. um, although, again, I think sort of, you know, my unconscious mind is paying attention to that stuff all the time. And that's why, you know, you get a gut feeling about something. I think that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what that gut feeling is, right. And we have people who aren't thinking about their unconscious mind have put that phrase together uh, to mean the same thing, I think. 
Uh, right. And and what I I think we've talked about it on the podcast before, but I love the product that you created called Boring Change that takes you me us those of us who use it through an exercise <laughs> that helps our unconscious helps us ask our unconscious minds and pay attention to the answer and it gets me through all sorts of decisions (laughs) and the thing is i forget about it i mean i have this tool at my disposal thanks to you and i forget to use it and um i'm always happy when i'm reminded to use it because it's so easy and for for me anyway so helpful like my answers are always right on yeah well and it's interesting that you bring it up in this context because it is really good for that to you know sort of make a conscious decision use your use your unconscious knowing or knowledge to make a conscious decision but what it's what it's really designed for and what i think makes it feel really magical and and why i called it boring change is that um you can also do these things outside of your conscious awareness. Like you can just sort of, because the, just to give people a little bit more information when we're talking about conscious and unconscious mind, your conscious mind, you can only pay attention to, they say seven bits of information, plus or minus two. It's like why phone numbers were originally seven digits. Um, You can only have like this very small amount of information that you're consciously aware of at any given moment. At the same time, you have all this information that your senses are taking in and you have all of these knowledge and experiences and memories and things that are just hanging out in your unconscious mind waiting to be brought up into your conscious mind so you know like Mm -hmm. if i ask you what your address was at your previous house um it's not there and then it is there so it's all of those things that you're not thinking about in this moment that are hanging out waiting for you to think about them right Huh, okay. Right. And so, you know, it's it, the number keeps getting changed to the, what they think of, you know, so the, the number of what we can hold in our conscious mind is not getting bigger. It's actually getting smaller. Mm-hmm. And our, our ability to focus is getting shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, but our unconscious mind is getting bigger. Like, you know, it's like billions and billions. I mean, some people are now saying that, you know, we can hold more information in our minds, in our unconscious minds than in a supercomputer, which, yeah, I mean, it's like, as they learn more and more, it's like, we have way, we have way more information at our disposal than we're aware of. And so, you know, like you said, you're, you're, making these yes and no signals conscious and you can use them that way you can also use boring change to um, solve a problem at the unconscious level where you don't have to think about it you can just ask your unconscious mind through this process to take care of it for you right oh yeah that's that's in the boring change right yeah which i actually had never really understood but i'm like okay whatever uh, it <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny after all these years you you never thought to ask me ask, <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> oh, how funny. Yeah. Well, so we're a little bit off topic, but that's a great way, like understanding that yes and no signal, using something like muscle testing to make it overt and and um, visible is a, is a great way to help you choose between priorities. Um, and then there's some, you know, sort of more traditional, less esoteric ways of doing that. And um, I think one that you and I rely on a lot is writing things down. Mm-hmm. Doing a brain um, dump or just, or, or journaling uh, as yeah. well. Sometimes I will write in a journal. Some, more often I will write a like a, a mind mappy kind of, you know, circle circle things, draw lines, or, you know, to things, or a, char- or a flow chart-ish thing, which gets me to a destination, sort of, and really works really well for me. It brings mm-hmm. clarity. That's what I usually get out of, when my mind feels muddled with options, it brings clarity and the priority f- comes into focus. Yeah, and I usually do more of a sort of a straight journaling thing, where I ask myself questions like, you know, what's, what's important for me to know now, or what's important um, for me next or something like that. Mm -hmm. And just free writing. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a great, that's a great question to ask a great cue for writing. What's Mm -hmm. important for me, right? And then just see what comes out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think, you know, what is really sort of emerging out of all of this is getting yourself out of the headspace of shoulds and other people's expectations and getting into what's really important for you. Right. Whenever I hear a client say should, it happened yesterday, the client said, I, I should keep this. Um this was my husband's. I should keep it. He has passed away. And I was all for keeping it. Uh, and then when she said should, I was like, mm, that's gonna, I, that prompts me to just make sure that you're doing this for you and not for mm-hmm. some societal expectation. And in her case, she was doing it for her. It's all good. But should letting go of the shoulds, getting past the shoulds of a situation is really great. Yeah. Well, we and, and right. When I, the, the thing I talked about in last week's episode about the the writing class that I signed up for and then didn't end up attending much of it, um, like there were a lot of shoulds caught up in that, and they felt really reasonable and you know sort of healthy. Like I should do this because I signed up to do this for myself. Like this is something for me. I should do it. Mm-hmm. Right, because it was um, a, a self-care thing and you wanted to be taking care of yourself. Right. Like, yeah. this is something I want to be doing. I should do it. And mm-hmm. also, you know, I spent the money and I made the commitment and, you know, I should do this because I I know the teacher and I want to support her and I'm thrilled that I have the opportunity to work with her and, you know, and all of these things. And it was just all a bunch of shoulds. <laughs> yeah. And so did you recognize that? Like, did you, did that come into your consciousness that you were saying all these shoulds? Yes, it did. And, and I, and that's when I realized that, um, that I, it wasn't, um, the, 
the most important way for me to be using my energy mm-hmm. at the time. And, and that's really what it felt like. Like, uh, I thought this was going to be the right time and things changed. And now it's not the right time. Mm-hmm. But it will be the right time again at some point. And I'm sure the instructor understood. Yes. yes. Oh, 100%. You know, and that's the other thing is that, you know, m- most people are very understanding when when you have to pick between things and because you can't do everything. Um, you know, most people are pretty understanding. Mm-hmm. People, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Consequences are often less dire than you might expect right i mean like the people that you're saying no to in essence yeah yeah and so and then you know you can always do um two other things are coming to mind one is to really get in touch with your why and it may be useful to consider sort of your bigger why not necessarily your why for the particular things that you're choosing between the priorities that you're trying to organize, but your bigger why, like what are your values? What matters to you mm-hmm. um, in your life? And letting that guide how you spend your time and energy. Right. Yeah. And it's uh, that sometimes it's necessary to like zoom out to that big picture. Yes. Consider those things. I think. We, <clears throat> excuse me. We have a. Do, do do we have an episode about figuring out your values or something like that? Um, I uh, think maybe, maybe we do. Maybe. Yeah. If not, we should do one. <laughs> That's right. So, I'll um when I do the show notes, I'll look. For, I'll supply a link if there is one. <laughs> okay. And and otherwise, I'll put it on our topics list. Great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, having knowing those those values make choices can can make choices obvious mm-hmm. um and the other thing i was just talking about this with a client this morning and and she laughed when i said it and she said you know that's something that i say to myself and i've told people so much i can't remember when you told me that but i feel like i've known it since, as long as i've known you um and that is if you um are trying to talk yourself into doing something like you're trying to kind of explain to yourself why you should pick something you probably don't have enough information to make the decision oh okay i was not expecting that was going to be the end of the sentence oh. right, so that's a cue i thought you were going to say then you're probably it's not the thing you should be choosing um right but it's really your cue to learn more yes that's what you're saying okay yeah yeah, so you know, if you're if you're going like, well, maybe I should do this or maybe I should do that or then there's this other thing and like you probably don't have enough information in that moment to make a choice. Mm-hmm. And so that may mean that you need to gather more information about your options or you may need to gather more information about w- what is important to you now. Mhm. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And I like that it isn't just about further research on the options. It could just be internal, not just, it could be internal research to help you make those decisions. Right. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. 
Um, but I think those are, you know, and, and it's like, I was thinking about, you know, sort of the old standby, the pro and con list. Mm-hmm. And, you know, th- that, that may be useful too. Mm-hmm. You know, sort of looking at when you're choosing between things, sort of doing a pro and con list versus, you know, doing this, not doing this, doing this, not doing this, doing this, not doing this. Um, and letting that information guide you in making a choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, the one thing that I really want to emphasize here is there's probably not going to be any one right perfect choice. Right. And we talked about that just a couple of weeks ago, where there's not a perfect way, but or there's not a right, a single right way to do much of anything. There's right. lots, of, lots of right ways and lots Correct. of right choices. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And so like we were talking about last week, um, you know, cutting yourself slack and, and uh, allowing yourself to sort of move through this with as much ease as possible it can be really helpful. Yeah. So I think those those are a lot of different ways to think about how to, you know, move forward when you have competing priorities. You know, mostly it's about paying attention to what really matters to you. Like everything else, it boils down to paying attention to what really matters to you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, hmm. (laughs) Not a new message, just a different way of saying it. (laughs) Here's to 162 different ways of saying the same thing. (laughs) Right, that's funny. We would love to hear from you, our listeners. Um, How do you choose when you have competing priorities? You can let us know uh, by leaving a message at 413-424-GTGE, which is 4843. Or you can head over to the show notes and leave a comment at gettingtogoodenough.com. You can connect with us on social media. On Twitter, we're at GTGEnough. And on Instagram and Facebook, we're at gettingtogoodenough. Until next time, this is Shannon Wilkinson in Portland, Oregon, and Janine Adams in St. Louis, Missouri. And we hope that good enough is getting easier for you. What what are you going to pull your finger on next? (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know.